Blog Talk Radio. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and that was Kellyanna. <clears throat> She's been on the show actually twice. Kellyanne is the one that does the Blessed Are We song, sort of a goddess uh, chantress, who once shared a great story that she was doing a Native American chant in China. And while she was there, they said, oh, that's one of our songs as well. So the melody was similar or the same. So anyway, all things are connected, and I see Susan is there. And I'm going to say green blessings to you, Miss Susan Whedon. Thank you for joining us again. You are most welcome. I am always delighted to get to have this opportunity to share with you and everybody who listens in to us. How has your week been? It's been interesting and eventful and i got some changes coming up, but I won't go into all those details. But everything's been good. And okay, excellent. Things going on. Excellent. It's that busy, busy summertime, huh? I think so. Like busy in the, in the form of change. Like as far busy as in, in the, the store. Form of change, it, yes, indeed. In the form of Yeah. Under the veil. <laughs> Under the veil. So let's see. 
<clears throat> this week, we said we were going to talk about cedar. Last week, they had that wonderful synchronicity where we were talking about bone setting. You told us the magic uses of bone set, which was to drive out demons. And I said, hmm, you know, in the modern world, demons are a very short supply. Maybe it would drive out tick-borne diseases. And then we came right to the end of what Stephen had to say about it, which was right there at the end and probably effective against tick-borne diseases, especially those that are malarial-like and that they recur. And I've been taking bone set. I've been taking a dropper full of bone set two or three times a day for the past week. And I must say that I am feeling much better if I did indeed have a co-infection of Lyme's. Um, the bone set is definitely giving my body what it needs to deal with that and to um, make it work with me without um, causing me to feel like um, I don't live here anymore. Mm. So hooray for bone set. And we said you were going to start this week by telling us some magical uses of uh, juniper. Juniper cedar, I kind of think of juniper cedar as kind of the same thing, although they're not exactly the same thing. Were you able to find out any uses? Well, and that's, well, cedar, that's almost the third yeah. question because, in a way, both of these plants has incredible n- number of magical uses. Well, as far as for cedar, um, the Norse people referred to cedar – as a grandmother or as a grandmother cedar, uh, sometimes associated with the Greek goddess Persephone during her detainment in the underworld. And as you know, there's both a male and female versions of of those stories. (laughs) But um, as far as cedar goes, associated uh, with Artemis as well and Persephone, and it's also sacred to Celtic um, astrology. Ninth uh, uh, February to eighteenth February, cedar is associated with the gold uh, finch. And uh, juniper, of course, as many people know, did the juniper berries are used for. Well, juniper is a uh, gin, right? <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Juniper is the flavor of gin, and it's said that ginaholics, people who are alcoholics and drink gin as their preferred alcohol, do not die of liver failure. They die of kidney failure. Oh, wow. And what I think is interesting is it's like gin or gin, almost like demons, right? <laughs> and Yes, gin's right. Oh, interesting. Quite, quite interesting. Cedar everywhere and juniper, too, is thought of as a protective spirit. Mm -hmm. A a spirit that brings health and makes the way easy. It's especially um, connected to babies and to dying people. So if a baby is in a cedar cradle, then it is safe. And if you're buried in a cedar coffin, then you're safe. Hmm. And we do the same thing with our clothes, too. How do we protect our clothes? We 
put them in a cedar closet. Right. Right. So one of the differences between the cedar and the juniper is that the cedar wood is most usually used, and it's very um, aromatic. So we think about, oh, you know, putting our clothes in a cedar closet or failing that, we put some cedar inside our closet. The juniper, however, we are more likely to use the berries of it. But, says Stephen, the needles, bark, wood, and root all contain active constituents. There are 50 or perhaps 59 or um, perhaps even 67 species in the juniperus genus, and all of them are basically used exactly the same way. The constituents in juniper are readily soluble in alcohol, but may or may not be soluble in water depending on the part of the plant that you decide to use. The berries have to be tinctured in alcohol or eaten whole to be effective. And that's how I first encountered juniper. <clears throat> was in Switzerland where they did something called the juniper cure. And the juniper cure consists of eating <clears throat> on day one, one juniper berry, on day two, two juniper berries, on day three, three juniper berries, all the way for two weeks or up to day 15 in which you eat 15 juniper berries and then on day 16 you eat 14 and on day 17 you eat 13 and then all the way down to none and that is the juniper cure and you do that once a year interesting thing to do eh? yes and I've also heard that oh, go ahead no, you go ahead. Oh, um, I remember one note on um, juniper. It, it it will develop uh, outgrowth of some of the outer branches that are sometimes called witch's brooms. Yes, places where there's seem to be a whole bunch of needles that looks very broom-like. Mm-hmm. Places on the branches where there where there are tufts of needles that look like little brooms. Yes. So it's like yes. a little witch's broom. <laughs> <laughs> a little fairy broom, I'd say. Well, I guess it's yeah, slightly perhaps. fairy, more yeah. like a little, um, I don't know, uh, gremlin broom <laughs> or some such thing. Right. So let's see. Um, he said, Stephen Herod Booner says, um, the, you can make like needle tea. Um, but the monoterpenes aren't very water-soluble, so alcohol is probably better to make a tincture of the needles. And the bark, probably even better to make a tincture. He says, wow, 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 the berries, juniper berries, are just incredible if you have a urinary tract infection. And that's, we, that was one of the first things we said, kidneys, kidneys necessity with kidneys, urinary tract, berries or needles for upper respiratory infections, gastrointestinal infections. The heartwood roots, bark, berries, or needles for skin infections and gastrointestinal infections. And 
it is sometimes used to sterilize all kinds of equipment, like brewing equipment. And that's really interesting because in my blog talk show tonight, somebody was talking about some elderflower champagne that she had made, and there appeared to be something growing in it. This is one of those things where words really do not do justice to what is going on. And I asked her if she had sterilized the bottles that she had put the brew into, and she hadn't. And so we theorized that there could be anything in those bottles at all. And so how wonderful to open up to Juniper and have Stephen Herod Booner, who is very much into healing herbal beers, say, oh, yeah, and uh, use a strong decoction, which is an infusion of the needles then boiled down till it's reduced usually to about 25% of its original volume. A strong decoction has been used to sterilize brewing equipment, cooking utensils, surgical instruments. Wow. And, of course, wounds, whether to prevent or to cure infections. If you don't have the time to hang around with the decoction, he says, just using an ounce of herb per quart of water, boil it together for 30 minutes, and then pour it in a jar and let it steep overnight. And that will also work in these sterilizing ways. He suggests no more than five berries for no more than two weeks. And, of course, the juniper juniper cure I would guess if you actually sat down and added up all the berries that you take over that month, it amounts to about five berries a day, perhaps a little more. But what is very specific to that is that it's only done once a year. Hmm. Properties of juniper and what juniper is active against takes up an entire page in Herbal Antibiotics by Stephen Herod Booner. So I am not... I'm going to read all of this to you, but we certainly want to know that juniper is antibacterial and antifungal and antimicrobial and antiseptic. <clears throat> Those are some of the antis, right? So it kills bacteria, it kills funguses, it kills microbes, and it kills septic bacteria. That means that juniper is a very broad spectrum sterilizer, as we just mentioned. <clears throat> it is also, uh, more antis coming up, anti-catarrhal, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and anti-rheumatic. So juniper is going to help relieve rheumatism and joint pain. It is going to up the uh, the um, number of free radicals that are killed in the body. It is going to quell inflammation. And it is going to slow down excess production of mucus in the respiratory tract. 
It is not surprising at all then to find out there's a couple of more antis, and that is antiviral and anti-neoplastic. Antiviral, we know what that is. It counters viruses, and there's not a lot of plants that do that. And anti-neoplastic is something that helps stop growth or neoplasms in the body. In addition, juniper is a digestive, a diuretic, a stomachic, a hypo lipidemic and a hypoglycemic in other words it moderates and brings down blood sugar it moderates and brings down cholesterol it aids in digestion and where did he start he said hooray for juniper berries against bladder infections have you ever had occasion to use juniper berries I haven't really explored that too much, but I will say that um, among its other magical properties, as you mentioned, uh, were protection, purification, and interestingly enough, prevention of theft. But uh, prevention but of theft isn't that wonderful? Is what I mean, and so there's this interesting thing of that it can protect things in a, in, in the magical use, even. Versus the or, or with or alongside of the um, medicinal use, which is to protect all those antis. I really think of them, you know, as these old antis. And there's antibacterial out there going, you stay away, bacterial. And there's antilipidemia, and you stay away, cholesterol. You know, and just these these funny antis that you get as your antis. When you make juniper a friend of yours, my favorite way to use juniper is to stand under a juniper tree and to pick the berries. The berries are very slow ripening. They take two full years to ripen. And the first year of the berries, they're green. They're just these green, small berries on the tree. And they're pretty easy to miss, nestled as they are there among the green needles of the juniper. But by the second year... They begin to turn dark purple. They start out almost a blue and then dark purple and then almost black, but they have kind of a whitish bloom on it, so they always look a little silvery or just a little blue. And once they they are past the blue and into purple, black, or this, this a little silvery coat on them, that is the ideal time to consume them, to eat them, or to pick them for anything that you want to make out of them, even just to dry them and preserve them. So that if you want, and there's lots of people who really like having various berries around to eat when they have rheumatic pains. Poke berries, right? all different kinds of uh, pain-relieving, joint-relieving berries. And because we don't want to use too much juniper berry, it works out really well to have other kinds of berries that you can also play around with at the same time. I'm looking around for, I made some juniper leaf oil. And I made it a really pretty little jar, and I made this really nice label on the side of it, which you can't read a word of, right? 
<laughs> because it's been oiled, and oils are always like that. They just totally destroy the labels that you put on it. But it's a nice job with this big, really massive hook in there. And so the only place to put the label is on this side. But I said to myself, well, this is one that will prove, um, disprove the rule, which is you won't know what's in your jar if you don't label it, because it is just so obvious that this is juniper oil. You can really see it by looking at it, because it has those, uh, you know, we call them needles, but they're not even really needles. They almost look like little scales, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. The apprentices and I are applying this wonderful juniper oil, and we are smiling. We are smiling. We are going to feel very protected by the application of this oil. And Stephen says, there is a long-standing assertion in scores of herbals that use of juniper causes kidney irritation and is highly contraindicated in kidney disease. Parentheses, I'm guilty of this myself. So I thought this was a very interesting part of what he had to say because this is, you know, this is the herbal chapter and verse here, like, what did I say? What did we say? People who drink gin, they die of kidney failure. So, all right. Okay. We love Stephen because Stephen says, okay, this is what we're all being told. I've even said it myself. Is it true? I have actually used juniper for more than 20 years, and I've never seen any problems at all. The phytomedicalist, Carrie Bone, and others have tracked back the emergence of this belief. It began in the latter part of the 19th century, apparently from administering juniper essential oil to animals. Recent studies with rats using juniper berries have actually found, contrary to popular belief, that juniper is a kidney protector. Wow. (laughs) This bears out the long use by the eclectics of the berries in the treatment of active kidney disease and inflammation. Now, I am not going to consider juniper contraindicated in kidney disease, and I do not feel that kidney irritation can occur from normal use. The only side effect I've ever seen was mild diarrhea, and that's when the essential oil was used in the treatment of an ear infection. Mm. The essential oil was mixed with olive oil, 15 drops in an ounce of olive oil, and applied three times daily, and the diarrhea stopped when they stopped using the juniper essential oil. In fact, the essential oil is not really for any kind of use other than perhaps steam inhalant or aromatherapy. But the plant itself, no part of the plant nor the berry, has produced any side effects that I've heard of that I can really find. All right, caution should probably be exercised by diabetics in any long-term use of the plant, as remember, it does affect blood glucose levels, and it's going to alter your insulin requirements. It should probably not be used long-term with pharmaceutical diuretics, since it is also somewhat of a diuretic help ever. Almost no one uses juniper long-term. Usually it is a short-course herb. 
Okay, so half of what I was saying was wrong. It's fine for the kidneys. It's even good for the kidneys. The other half of what I was saying was right. Don't overdo it. Don't take too much of this stuff. Herb drug interactions, none. Known. Finding juniper. It grows someplace near you. Go and pick those blue purplish berries and use them. Alternatives, any evergreen, especially thuya, cedar, pine, fir, and spruce in that order. So as we said at the beginning, cedar is almost an exact replacement for juniper. They have all shown significant antibacterial activity in laboratory study against antibiotic-resistant bacteria, also fir and spruce. This tends to bear out the long traditional use of these evergreens for healing infectious diseases. The dosages for all evergreens are just about the same. Okay, let's go back to that page-long list. It, juniper is active against, and it says alcohol extract of juniper show activity against 54 strains of 24 bacterial species in the following genera. Acinobacter bacillus. Bruvendomonas, Brucella, Enterobacter, Escheria, Micrococcus, Pseudomonas, Staphylococcus, and Xanthomonas. These same alcohol extracts have been shown to inhibit 12 different Candida species and are active against biofilm formation. Let me just pause here. Bladder infections tend to be difficult to treat because the bacteria in the bladder form a film. In other words, rather than acting like isolated individuals, the bacteria literally join together and act like a multicellular organism by making what we call a bacterial mat or a bacterial film. It's much more difficult for any kind of anti-infective agent to get through this bacterial mat or film. It's like putting scotch tape over something you want to protect. So the fact that juniper is active against biofilm formation is, of course, one of the things that makes it, oh, hip, hip, hooray, this really works against bladder infections. Blueberry and cranberry also have the same ability to inhibit biofilm formation. <clears throat> Juniper is effective against Aspergillus, Bunchobacillus, Clostridium, Enterococcus. I'm just going through here. There's so many of them. Heliobacter, Klebsiella, Leishmania, Listeria, Mycobacterium, Plasmodium, Pseudomonas, Algerina, Salmonella, Shigella, Staphylococcus aureus, including resistant strains, Mycobacterium, Tuberculosis, even resistant strains, Staphylococcus epidermidus, that's staph on the skin, 
And Yersinia Enterocolitia. A whole lot of bad players there that the Antis take to tasks. Juniper. is traditionally used in every culture on earth for purifying, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Of course, people out there going, are they ever going to say it's used in the sweat lodge? Are they ever going to say it's used for a smudge? But we were saving that till the end of the show (laughs) so that we could say, you know what? There's a bunch of scientific research and traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine and even some notes that I have about more uses of juniper and the evergreens. And so we're going to have to extend this to next week so we can get some more information about juniper. Does that work for you? That works for me. Sounds good. And once again, we have come to the end of our time this week in reminding everybody that herbal medicine is people's medicine. It's the medicine that grows right outside your door. It's the medicine that you don't need a degree or a diploma or a license to use. You don't even know you need to be literate in order to use herbal medicine. Herbal medicine is the medicine of the earth. And as inhabitants of the earth, the plants gift their characteristics, their abilities to us. There's an old story that I heard, and you may have heard it too, about Mm -hmm. in the beginning days when plants and people and animals could all talk together and how people drifted away until they could no longer talk to the animals or the plants, and then they began to live out of beauty. And the animals called the council and they said, oh, there's a problem, and the problem is man. And man is the only thing on the planet that is living out of beauty. What shall we do about this problem? And one by one, the animals offered to solve this problem. And, of course, it's one of these stories that's designed to go on for a very, very long time. But we won't do that here and now. And none of the animals are successful in solving the problem of man. And the insects say, we can solve the problem of man. We will ruin man's food and we will bite man and spread diseases among mankind. And the plants on hearing this said, it is true that you can do that, insects. But you do it to us as well when you ruin the things that people eat. And so we have the right to offer our ability to humans to heal themselves from the problems that you insects will bring. And that's fascinating. And I'll share very brief and then let you go. My good friend, a former Cherokee chief, by the way, said he had a poison ivy vine growing out of his, in front of this uh, door that he would walk through uh, for a shed, I think. And he never bothered with it, could care less about it. As soon as his wife said, cut it down, it, like he had brushed a bunch it many times. All of a sudden, he gets the poison ivy really severely. And he was saying to me, oh, I guess that it was the plant defending itself, knowing that my wife you know, told it, I was, you know, he went up there with the cutters and I was going to cut this thing down and I was going to kill it. So it was doing its own 
they're conscious like anything else is, is basically is what I mean. <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Green mm-hmm. blessings are everywhere. The plants are our friends. Thanks so much for giving me this opportunity to enjoy those green blessings with you. All right, and thank you so much. And we will see you, we will talk again next week and talk about maybe more magical uses of juniper next Tuesday. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night. Forbidden archaeology, forgotten history, divination, magic, cryptozoology, UFOs, nature, science, and spirit. All this and more right here on the Main Street Universe Radio Network. Blessed are we in the awakening dawn. Blessed are we in the morning. Blessed are we in the light of the day as we Let's go.